Um, so if um, you weren't here last week or if you haven't had the opportunity to catch up on um, line, last week um, I spoke out of Mark chapter 6 where Jesus sends out the um, 12 disciples um, and he tells them to pair up um, that his authority is upon them to go and um, heal the sick and cast out demons and to preach the gospel of repentance um, uh, to these 12 guys. And off they went um, with the instructions um, to not take any money, not to take any food, not to take a bag with them, um, but to take just one tunic, take your sandals and take your walking stick, your staff. Um, and it seems in this interaction that it's important to Jesus that his followers setting out on a journey uh, both um, have to ask the question, what do we need to take and what do we need to leave behind? And a fitting couple of questions that um, I saw as quite important heading into this year is um, into a future unknown, which it was for these disciples. They had no idea what they were walking into. They had no idea what Jesus was going to do through them. No idea of the power that was actually theirs. They were walking quite blindly with instructions just to go. Um, and so, um, and I use the illustration of like packing a car to go on holidays. We all have that moment where we jam everything in, um, especially a family of six. We just jam it all in, everything you possibly think of, including the kitchen sink. And we get to the point where we go, do I actually really need all of this stuff? And then we have this process of going, well, what can we leave behind? What are the non-essentials? What are the things that might weigh us down? The things that might hold us back? Um, the things that are going to be hindrances to us and are going to allow us to move more freely into the future. Um, and so today we want to ask that question. Last week was what are we taking? Uh, we're taking togetherness. Jesus sent them in pairs. Um, we're taking uh, trusting, um, in, uh, deep trust in God. We're going to take a sense of purpose into this year. Um, and lastly, as I just mentioned earlier, that um, Jesus, when they all came back, rather than doubling down on their efforts to go and have another great campaign of the miraculous, he took them out to a desolate place on a boat to rest with him. Um, and so we're taking rest into this year. Um, so that's a, that's a recap and context for conversation this morning. Um, and so I, in light of not having, uh, well, of, yeah, Jess being unable to preach, um, the message went out on our team text and um, I put a few questions out there and uh, Chrissy and Ruthie and Bretto have all feel like there's something that God's got um, stirring in them that we can bring this morning in what are we going to leave behind. Are you ready? Somewhat. Um, by way of introduction, if you haven't met Chrissy, I'm sure you probably have. This is Chrissy. Uh, Chrissy, she manages Jacaranda Cottage, does an amazing job, is an integral part of the team here at Caring Bar in all kinds of wonderful ways in our youth and D crew and just being an all-round legend. Uh, Bretto has been here for a thousand years, uh, pastoring the church both here, Caring Bar and Cambodia for 25 years, something like that, long time. Ruthie, I think Ruthie started, was here when I was running youth ministry in 2006, about then, so like that's a lot of time in ministry here as well, which is a similar for a lot of people. So uh, Ruthie is a legend, runs our youth ministry, runs a great campaign for empowering young women called the Choose Real campaign. Um, and so there you go. That's a little bit about us. I'll be quiet and pass on to these guys. So the questions that I was asking um, were things like this. As you look at the teaching of Jesus, what encouragement do you think he would have for us? Or do you see in Scripture that points to leaving something behind in order to move more freely into the future. 
what's the most difficult thing in choosing to let that thing go? Because we all know that letting things go can be hard. And having left whatever is behind, describe future you. What's the healthy fruit in your life having made the daily and often costly decision to be disciplined and listen to Jesus and leave things in the past? Big questions. I'm sorry, not sorry. Um, And so we're just going to open conversation. And if you feel like you want to interject at any point, feel free. Throw your hand in the air. If you have a question, I didn't prep these guys for that or ask if it was okay, but tough. Um, If you at any point feel like, hang on, I want to dive a bit deeper into that. I've got a a burning question. Then throw your hand in the air and um, we'll we'll just have a little bit of fun with it, right? Good. Rock and roll. Um, There is a second mic there, Ruthie. Do you want to grab um, that one? And because you're holding it, you're first. Um, can you, Ruthie, give us a little bit of insight into what God's been speaking to you um, in terms of what you might see in Scripture or what the Lord's been speaking to you about leaving something behind to move forward more freely? Yes. I took a part of that question because it was very loaded um, and had a little think. But uh, this year, um, I've been thinking a lot about how everything forms us and we can choose to allow what forms us or not. Um, But it's such an intentional choice because otherwise we can find ourselves just being formed by things without even knowing it. And that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, I started feeling really insecure, particularly about my body, and uh, stopped and asked like, why? Like, what has been shaping me? What has been forming me lately to have these insecurities come up all of a sudden? And I realized I'd just been watching some shows that had just been reshaping how I was seeing myself and the view of who I am and shifting my gaze from God's smile and his truth about me to uh, comparison and discouragement and through the lens of lies. Um, And because everything uh, is forming us um, and a lot of the times without our awareness... Um, And this year, I just want to be super intentional about what I'm actually allowing to form me and what I'm choosing to be shaped by, Um, like what I'm letting stick and what I'm letting go of. Uh, And the wonderful Romans 12 has been really on my mind lately about do not let the pattern of this world form you, but let God transform you by the renewal of your mind. And so those questions of what am I letting inform my internal dialogue about what really matters or what pressures me to make my daily choices about my time or my energy or my finances or my affection or what am I holding on to and giving my attention to that is actually shaping me. And I just found there's this huge contrast between something that is pressing in on us from the outside that is causing us to be conformed versus something that is taking place on the inside of us that is causing us to be transformed. It says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I read something last year that said, change is um, taking on something new, but transformation is letting go of the old so that there's room for God's new. And that's just been something that's been on my mind a lot. And that word renewal in that verse means renovation. So like ripping out the old to make space for the new, letting go of what's outdated 
and what doesn't work, resetting the foundations, building strong supports, bringing in what's new. Um, and I find the most encouraging thing is that we don't do this alone. Um, God's invitation is to come and let him. Our renovation specialist is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who removes and restores. And our job is never been to fix ourselves, but to fix our attention on him. It's never been to perform, but to be formed by his love to listen to our lives and let the Holy Spirit reveal what is conforming us to the world and by his strength let it go and to be transformed by the renovating out of the lies and letting him replace it with truth. Something that really stood out to me in this verse and throughout the scriptures I had like 20 verses that I thought, oh, I'll just give like one, um, is that the focus is not so much on what we're letting go of, but on what we're holding on to with our attention and our focus, what we're fixing our gaze on. There's so many verses about fix your gaze on Christ, fix your gaze on things above. Um, and the message version of Romans 12:2 says, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. And I love in John 15 where it talks about uh, make your home in my love and that whole thought of like what we reflect is what what we look at is what we reflect and how are we being intentional about what is shaping us about what we are letting go of about what we are holding on to and I feel like the like key is all about what is our attention and our affection on and so my encouragement for me this year is to just set my gaze on God's smile, to set my mind on his truth, to just really continually check in on where my attention and affection is because that is what I reflect. And so if I'm focusing on things that are pulling me down, then that is what I reflect. But if I'm focusing on God's smile and his love, then that is just what I will abundantly overflow and reflect. And just so many times that it's not so much focusing on what you're letting go of and focusing on those things like, oh, I need to change this, but focusing on what's God's invitation to you and what he is offering. And I just love that every time he invites us into something, like set your attention on me, it's because he's already doing it. He's already setting our attention on him, on us. And so we can just look back and be like, oh, I can see you looking at me. And so that's my quick thought. That's a bit long. It's great. No, if I could summarise, you're letting go of conformity to the patterns and of comparison in this world to, to grab on to the transformative work that the Spirit's doing in your life. Uh, if I could ask you one quick question, if you, could, if you could describe for us in practical terms what that looks like on the fly, um, because we probably all face that, right? There's these moments of comparison where we might be scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or we see something on TV and we just have that momentary kind of I wish I had or I wish I was or if only that was me if I had the resources or the money or the, the this or the that then I could be like this and um, what's one practical tool that you have in your toolkit to combat that in the moment so let's just say you are sitting on the lounge and you have that moment of the comparative kind of thing going on that's not good for your soul what do you do in that very brief moment to flick the switch away what's one thing um, 
Yeah, I'd say like come back to truth. So there's, yeah, there's so many voices coming at us, so many things defining us or wanting to take our attention. And I would just say, yeah, for me, I have to just keep coming back to um, <laughs> truth. It's so simple, but yeah, just when I see something that makes me feel like bad about myself or question things, then I just have to remember like what is actually true, what does God say? And on that, like, I heard this quote around contentment being, contentment is not having more or less, it's having Christ. And so I was like, oh, that is good. Like, it's not about getting more or having more or having less of the hard times or more of the stuff we want, but it's having Christ. And so just coming back to, like, I already have, like, Christ. So, yeah, I've, um, just one thing popped into my head. Um, something that I was doing last year and into this year was um, that song, Jaira, that starts with, I've never been more loved than I am right now. And then in the chorus, it talks about like, I'm already loved and that is enough. And uh, for our junior girls, we had our little dinner party and I gave them all little bandanas that said already loved because it was just that reminder that when we start to feel insecure, we start to be pulled by the world to just remember like, no, I am already loved. Like, I, I don't need to prove myself, I don't need to perform, I don't need to change or fix myself, I'm already loved. And I, it was like, before I had this flag over my life saying like, if I started feeling secure or, or did something, it'd be like, oh, you're, you're out, you've got to get back in. And then like, God was like, no, the flag is, hey, hey, you're already in, you just got to remember that you're already loved, so, yeah. Beautiful, we should never be afraid of the simple things either, Ruthie, that yeah. say, just come back to the simple truth. Because um, there's power in the simplicity of our faith where we're reminded in those moments that I am loved and we've got the, the entire narrative of Scripture at our disposal full of truth in those moments to combat the comparative versus transformative kind of thing. So um, beautiful. Ruthie, pass along to Bretto. Uh, Bretto was pretty quick this morning to say, Who's, who else is on the panel? And I said, well, I was actually going to leave a spare chair um, for anyone who just felt like God was going to be wanted to share something, and then uh, Bretto was like, "I think it's me. Um, I haven't been able to stop thinking about all of those questions since you sent them out." So, um, Bretto, in saying that, though, feel free to you know, kick me off my chair if you feel this burning desire to share something. Well, Davey Lovell doesn't like it. He's out of here. He's, uh... <laughs> He's going for a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bretto, what are you leaving behind? What do you see in Jesus? life that you can um yeah so as you said i've this is the questions just kept rolling around in my head uh since i kind of read them on the chat and i think if i could summarize the big idea for me of my last probably 10 year journey would be letting go of my faith now before someone yells at me and burns me at the stake or something um not, not losing my faith, but letting go of my faith and holding on to Jesus. And so for me, what that has meant is pretty much letting go of my faith and basically laying it down and asking God, what aspects of that do I need to pick up? Um, you know, being brought up in the church, I was a pastor's kid, um, you know, leading the church now for 20 plus years and I think a lot of 
my faith was tied into things that weren't necessarily the kingdom. Um, you know, there was things tied into Kingsway, maybe, but not the kingdom. There were things tied into what I thought was truth that weren't, wasn't necessarily truth. And the wrestle for me in just laying down my faith, not losing my faith, but and then asking God, what, what aspects of the things that I hold on to and believe in and, you know, put my hand up for, um, can I leave there? Uh, and, and there's been quite a lot. So it's been quite surprising in some ways. And I guess the second part of that question is all around, you know, what aspect of that is hard? Well, it's because for me it was like that was my foundation. It was like almost like, you know, ripping down the foundation to, to rebuild again. And that's scary for someone who is a pastor as well, you know. It's like, oh, if someone found out what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> and so for me, that, that it was risky. It, it meant I had to let go of control. It meant I had to just wrestle with some really significant issues of faith and followership of Jesus. And, and that, to me, is still probably my journey, I think, I'm still in that wrestling with a lot of that stuff and realising the older I get, the less I actually know. <laughs> the more I don't know, the more I need to learn, the more I need to grow up. Um, and, you know, I look at the life of Jesus and I feel like so much of what he did was about dismantling poor faith um, and building this idea and living out a faith that represented this kingdom, uh, God's kingdom. One of the scriptures that I love personally um, in Matthew 5, and this is the, the message translation of that kind of makes it easy for me to grasp, um, you know, my practical mindset. Um, it just says, you know, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. Um, and so, yeah, I think that when you grow up, there's so many things you have to let go of. You know, you think about that in our own kids' lives. You know, as they grow up and mature, you've got to let go of, of thinking, of mindset, of beliefs, of behaviours, of a whole bunch of stuff that for me in my faith journey is represented in that as well. Um, and so, yeah, leaving behind that and picking up something that is kingdom faith and Christ-oriented is both disorienting in some ways because this process of being reoriented um, and it's sometimes scary, but it's so refreshing you know, the, the, the fruit of that is I feel lighter and more alive, challenged because I know that some of the things God's asking me to pick up are going to offend Christians <laughs> more than non-Christians. <laughs> but, yeah, love and life. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what to make of that just at the moment. Uh, 
No, it's kind. No, there's, there's, um, uh, you, you, you have personified the letting go and the challenging of assumptions that don't serve you well anymore. And I've had front row seats to that undoing in your life um, across many years. Um, I'm interested in uh, asking you, Bretto, um, because you, you're not one to toot your horn, but I'll be happy to toot it for you. Um, toot, toot. Um, over the years, watching your style of leadership change and watching um, you and Jen shape culture across um, not just here at Caring Bar, but as sea change and as, as um, Phnom Penh, um, and shaping a, a different kind of culture that is not Brett-centric, it's not um, the Bretto show, it's not the Gen show, it's not uh, any of this. The, um, the fruit of what you're talking about is challenging assumptions that get you out of the way and allow Jesus to lead the thing. Um, just from a for, rather than personal perspective, what fruit would you describe is evident or do you see from the chair you sit in now, um, which is less operational, which is less involved in you know, all of the happenings of church across all three and you kind of get this objective view. What fruit do you see across the life of the church as a result of that journey you've been on and have been able to take others on that journey as well? Um, I, I think here, this is the best fruit ever, right? It's you guys leading, empowered, being yourself, having a go, having a crack. It's Brook and Tam, it's Panet and Shrey Pike, it's their teams. For me, that's the greatest fruit. Um, and, you know, believing for more, I, you know, I believe that God will continue to release and empower more of, to me, the best fruit is the people. <laughs> and you guys are awesome fruit. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is fruit of, of my leadership. Not that I'm tooting my own horn. I told you I was going to toot it for you. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I would definitely agree that for me, you know, as a young pastor, believing I had all the answers, I knew it all, I was going to conquer the world and, you know, we were going to become a world-dominating global <laughs> force um, and just you know so driven by you know wanting to build something um, that people would see and notice and realizing probably in the last 15 years that the, the most important thing I can build is people mm. and your fruit of that mm. so I'm tooting your horn <laughs> yeah that's cool that's cool. Bretto does have his own tape out. It was from the 1980s. What's it called? <laughs> Back in the day, he thought he was going to take the kids' worship thing by storm, and there is a tape somewhere upstairs in our archives. Video cassette. Video, oh, there you go. A video cassette, VHS. Uh, <laughs> anyway, bit of history for you. Yeah. Um, thanks, Bretto. Thanks for your reflections, your honesty, your humility. Um, wonderful. We're blessed. Chrissy. As you think about this year, has anyone got, before we do, has anyone got anything on uh, Ruthie and, and Bretto that they're just like, can I, before we move on, just, just want to ask or throw out there as a, a, either a question or a comment, um, Q&A style? 
Um, take that as a comment, thanks. Um, no, all good? I just wanted to make a comment. Thank you so much for both of you, what you said. I agree with all of the things that you said, and I love what you have done, Brett, over the last 10 years in terms of your leadership. I'm really blessed to have been somebody who has seen that happen and to it's helped me shape faith and let go of my faith too along the way. It's been really cool to see that. Mm. And you know. Nice segue, your turn. Right on. Okay, just go for it. Fire away. Have at it. Look, when I was asked this question, there was a bunch of things that um, came to my mind because we talk every year about what it is that we're letting go of, what we're holding on to and all that sort of stuff. I love what Ruth Lewis-Jones said about transformation because it's not about just what you're letting go of. You can't sort of just be... It leave that vacuum, you've got to replace it with something good. Um, but yeah, so look, one of the things that I'm letting go of for now, moving forward into this year, is offence, bitterness, disunity, all of that sort of stuff. There's a whole bunch of gear uh, that I've seen in the last two years that's really, you know, driven a wedge um, between, you know, God's community and people who are in it and all of that sort of stuff, and people in general. And I'm I hate it. I hate looking at it. I hate watching it happen. I, and at times, I hate being a part of it. And so, look, one of the things that I was reading that kind of reminded me that that's just bullcrap and not to do it um, is from Ephesians. And it says, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. I love that. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Holy Spirit of God, or take for granted His holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. But instead, be kind and affectionate towards another one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Like, yeah. As, I mean, I guess that's like let go of bitterness, let go of offence, all that sort of stuff. Sometimes offence, I mean, offence happens. That's not when none of us are immune to that, right? But it's what it is that you do with it. Do you kind of let yourself be bitter with it or you deal with it? You know, and sometimes it's because of a perception that you have and you just misread a situation, but sometimes because it's legit and you still have to deal with it either way. So it's like God's heart for us is to be one, to be the body of Christ, to be unified, to be all of that stuff in his name for his glory. And so anything that gets in the way of that, we need to leave that behind. That's definitely what I had. The other thing, ugh, sorry. Oh, one of the things I'm leaving behind is being tired, burnt out, dry and thirsty. I'm so sick of that. The last two years I have felt not felt this tired or burnt out in my whole life. And one of the things that God is telling me in that space is, yeah, look, it feels like everybody's feeling like that. You know, everybody. But the difference between me and somebody who doesn't follow him is that I have hope in Christ I have the refreshment. I have the, what did I write? Um, I hate the idea that this is normal and that this is okay. This is, this is a result of what's happening in the world at the moment, but that's not the end of the sentence. 
There's more to it, or maybe it's the end of the sentence, but then there's a paragraph. So <laughs> there's a few more sentences going, look, you've got the Holy Spirit who is the helper. You have the resources of God himself. You have the one who says, come to me and I'll you know, give you a drink and you'll thirst no more. And so if I actually believe that, then I actually have to walk like that. I can't keep going, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I'm so tired without coming and taking a drink. It's okay for me to be tired, it's okay for me to be, you know, all of those things, but I can't live there without doing the things that God asked me to do. He says in Romans 12, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled in a flame, be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant, don't quit in hard times, pray even harder. Like, okay, one of the things I love about the Bible is that, yes, it's encouraging. Yes, it's formative. Yes, it tells me about who I am. But it also is super instructional and practical. <laughs> All right, that's what I have to do. And this is one of the things that I will take forever. It says in Matthew, are you tired and worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Can you imagine? <laughs> Let's recover our lives. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's like what we were singing earlier. Uh, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Come, uh, keep company with me and you'll live freely and lightly. And so, I mean, there's a list of stuff I'm leaving behind, but these are my favourite two, my top two. Um, yeah, and I would say one of the things that I would do to, um, to avoid offence and bitterness and things like that is what you were saying, Dave, I think last week, which is what we're taking with us into this year is people, our people. But take the people with you that you know are the truth-tellers, the people who actually love you but will give it to you straight, like the people who will go not that Chris or stand down okay or like well, who will actually hear what you say bring grace to what you have but also say that's enough of that um, you definitely need people like that and I need that is all thank you very good I look forward to giving some of that feedback what do you mean? You do it all the time, <laughs> on the daily. I love it, Dave. You love grace, It's compassion. wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so letting go of offence and disunity and the things that drive a wedge between people mm -hmm. and leaving behind tiredness and thirstiness and picking up the ever-flowing living waters of Jesus in your life. I'll have some of that too. And uh, just the answer to the question, what does it look like? Um, in this way, we are the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and our function as a part of his body, but a chopped off finger or a cut off toe wouldn't be, amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned... Um, 
into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of God's body, let's then go ahead and do what we were meant to do, be what we were meant to be, without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves to one another or trying to be something that we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, then help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. And if you give encouraging guidance, be careful not to get bossy. If you're in charge, don't manipulate. If you are called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with disadvantage, don't let yourselves be irritated or depressed by them. <laughs> keep a smile on your face. That's what it looks like. That's what we have just heard that kind of reinforced what God's been telling me and I love that he was telling us all. Beautiful. Thank you, Chrissy. Um, I'll share one thought. Um, I had two but I'll just share one. And Is that we'll, because I talk too long? Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, well, I think number one was covered probably pretty comprehensively across all three at the moment, so uh, won't need to repeat ourselves. <clears throat> uh, but this year, I, I, I feel like I need to leave behind impatience. Um, yeah, I was reading in Matthew 6 where um, Jesus says, do not be anxious and do not worry. And... Uh, I, I'm not, I don't have anxiety, but sometimes I have anxious thoughts and sometimes I have anxious moments. Uh, maybe you're in that similar um, boat where there's, there's moments where the stresses and the worries of everything that, you know, it's kind of like they cloud in. You can feel like you're in a bit of a hole momentarily as these anxious thoughts take hold. And Jesus says directly to our anxiousness and our worry, do not be anxious. Uh, and he says, look to the, um, the birds of the air. And look to the lilies of the field. Um, they don't have to worry about a thing. Uh, they need, they've got everything they need. They have the flowers that they need and they have the water and the food that they need. And then he says, how much more, if they're valuable, how much more valuable are you? Uh, which just really flew in the face of even me questioning my own judgment. I want to leave behind a mis... I'm starting to get carried away now because this wasn't my point. Um, leaving behind a, a misguided perception of my value um, in that, you know, Jesus says, look at the bird, I'll look after them, how much more valuable are you? And um, I want to leave behind a misguided sense of value where um, at times I can write myself off. You know, who are you to be doing this? And who are you to be a dad of these kids? And that, this, that, we all have those moments. Um, but Jesus would say, how much more valuable are the things that I care for day in and day out, out there in the sky and in the field? Boy, stand up. I value you. So I want to leave behind a misguided sense of value um, this year. But impatience, when he says the, the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, I found my yes, myself yesterday getting really frustrated with my lime tree. And I spoke about my lime tree heaps, I think, last year in the uh, Fruits of the Spirit kind of thing. But a few weeks ago, it threw some flowers up for the very first time in three years. And I thought, you beauty, here comes some limes because I'm sick of paying for the things. They charge like a wounded bull for them at the supermarket. I want to grow my own. Anyway, it threw some flowers up. And yesterday afternoon, I went for a little mosey around my garden, have a look at all the little bits and pieces and whatnot. And I, and I went for a little scout to my lime tree and I saw that there was no flowers there. It had dropped the flowers and I'm like you're flipping kidding me it's going to be another year I've got to wait probably until it gets another flower on it to potentially get fruit that might not even happen come on lime tree I planted this thing three years ago thinking that I was going to get limes but um, I have not got limes and I've been having a conversation with my mate Fozza uh, recently 
And just this idea of having a tendency to look for outcomes rather than enjoying the process. Um, maybe this is just a thing that we have going on and maybe you're um, on top of this. Um, but leaving behind impatience for outcomes and enjoying the journey is important this year. Uh, so letting go of impatience toward the things that we hope would be a positive outcome in our life. Um, it might be reading your Bible. You might have a desire to know the Bible more. But there's a really good chance you'll get to the end of the year and reflect back saying, well, that went well, didn't it? Who's Moses again? Um, you know, it will be falling in love with the journey of regular Bible reading, not the desired outcome of knowing the Bible better that will make all of the difference. So we might have this goal in mind of, I want to know the Bible better. I want to know the Spirit more intimately. Um, and we have this outcome at the end of our year. And if we fall in love with the outcome we're going to fall short in the everyday steps that are going to get us there. It's about learning to let go of the impatience toward the thing and learning to love the journey. And this could be an allegory for anything. Rather than focus on having well-behaved, compliant, mature, get-it-right-all-the-time kids um, and being impatient for that day, <laughs> um, I perhaps need to be more patient and enjoy the process of parenting um, this year. Uh, rather than focus on the amount of kilos I want to lose, regain love for the joy of movement. That's us, big boy. Rather than focus on the amount of money that you want to save, uh, focus on the process of healthy budgeting. The scripture says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Do not get impatient for results. Stay the course and at the right time you will reap a harvest for your discipline and your hard work. Just don't give up. So maybe I need to stop thinking about the limes and concentrate more on my gardening. If that could be the allegory for the, my reflection. And stop being so focused on what the thing we want to happen in our lives and fall in love with the process of what will get us there. Um, so I'm going to leave behind impatience. Uh, so give me grace, because I might get impatient with you lot. I'm, it's all good. Um, is, there any, is there any thoughts, any questions, any anything before we do wrap this up and finish up this morning? Is there something that has resonated with you, something that the Lord is speaking to you that you've been affirmed in this morning? Is there a question? I uh, would not want to leave the moment without giving you that opportunity. No, you guys are all over it, set up, ready to dominate 2022. Good on you. Got no problems. It's uh, all good. I'm going to leave it 10 more awkward seconds because mm -hmm. there's always someone with that fast racing heartbeat. There right. it is, Shelley Forrest. Do you want to share from there? Yep. Oh, just a huge thank you to all four of you. I go personally, I can relate to all four things. And, um, and I just even, and, and to you, Brett, I go from the second we walked in this place, you know, two and a half years ago, it was um, your preaching and your words and, and that that God's doing in here that brought us here. And we go, we need something we can swallow. And um, the fruit of your life, what it produces is something we can swallow and um, so I can't thank you guys enough and I can't thank the team here enough. Um, I think we're all on a journey of growing up and maturing and that's what God's doing in the church and um, 
we're all a part of that and just so grateful for the team here for leading and guiding. Every week I sit here and go yes and amen. So thank you guys. Yeah, thanks, Shell. Anyone else? No, well, let's, um, we'll sing one more song, Goodness of God, and uh, we'll finish up. Feel free, hang around, grab a coffee afterward. And um, next week, we're going to be launching into um, our kind of big overarching theme of vision for the year. Um, I want you to wear your runners. All right? If you've got a pair of runners, I want you to wear your runners. Um, yeah, I don't run in these. Um, I wish I could, but uh, next week, you need to have your running shoes on. That's all I'm going to give you. Um, we're not going to be running anywhere. Relax. I just want you to wear your runners next week uh, because we're going to be running this year in Jesus' name.